Today on Locked On Red Wings, quick thoughts on the Debrinket introductory press conference and predicting the opening night lines. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers. Um, and today's episode, today, guys, is brought to you by FanDuel, sports, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And today, guys, we're going to give you, I know it's a couple days old. Obviously, yesterday's episode uh, that you listened to was recorded on Sunday, so the beginning was kind of outdated, but we had already recorded the whole episode. <laughs> we weren't going to scrap it. Uh, so this is where we're going to get our opportunity to react to the press conference. Honestly, we're not going to give you a long reaction and a lot of thoughts because I don't think there's a lot of actual substance to take from the these press types of press conferences. Just cool seeing him introduced. Um, just some things that... The, Eisen said and the said only to yeah on. the the only like real thing of note I, I think of the entire thing was I mean it was just cool to hear him talk obviously and he wore the teal pistons hat and like all that like that that was all that, cool that was the most notable thing is he said he likes the teal right yeah she is Pro objectively teal, correct that, that's a dog right there okay you, if you like the teal you're a dog all right it's a generational just make thing. that abundantly clear um but uh, I think the only thing that really was uh, kind of cool to hear was him. He was asked at one point, I forget who asked him. So that's my fault. But uh, somebody had asked him yeah, is. directly like, Hey, you know, with this unfolding, uh, like, were there other teams that were like interested or like, was there a legitimate chance for you going somewhere else? And uh, he said that there definitely were other teams involved, but he wanted to be in Detroit the entire time, which yeah. like we kind of knew that already. The, I think everybody had made that kind of abundantly clear, but knowing that it, you know, it, it wasn't really a, oh, you know, you know, the Red Wings can just give whatever they want and just like get to brink it. You know, there was, there was, you know, confirmed a few other teams, at least in the mix there. We heard Islanders and whatnot, but um, I don't know. That was really the only thing that I found kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, pretty much what we already know is that he forced his way here in, in a way. Like he said, I want to go to Detroit and kind of put Ottawa in a corner, which helped us kind of fleece them in the end. People talk about how Eiserman fleeced them. I think to bring it is a huge part of the reason why the Red yeah. Wings fleeced, you know, he made I, it if, so public that he like, he wasn't really trying to go anywhere else that. And I, I mean too, like that first round pick could become like a superstar and in 10 years we revisit this and we're like, Oh, I don't know anymore. But like, as of right now, as I it mean, stands, like, Red Wings didn't give up a whole no, lot. Though. <laughs> yeah. We're still um, going to have a first round pick <laughs> yes. in that same draft. I mean, then we could just talk about passing on whoever is, you know what I mean? Like, I mm -hmm. don't know. So then the other thing came out, he's going to wear number 93, which Red Wings, where's my Jersey? Because the Red Wings made you're a social media post. Jersey, bro. The Red Wings made a social media, media post. You're part of media now. You're not getting a jersey. I am the media. Red Wings <laughs> made a social media post that said, if you can correctly guess Dabrinkit's uh, number, we'll pick a select few to get an autographed jersey. And I'm like one of three people, I, at least when I was scrolling, who legitimately, legitimately predicted him wearing 93. I just went on Elite Prospects and looked at what jerseys he wore in his youth. Um <laughs> And I don't know. Where's my DM? Where's my DM? You're not getting 
a lick of anything, brother. I, I, I hate to break it to you. I'm not getting anything. It's not fair. Not fair. No, it's, it's all good. I don't really care that much, but I did get excited for a second. I was like, oh, maybe. Um, but also, yes, like you said, he basically forced his way here. Favorite player was Datsuk. Just, just standard, you know. He really wanted to be here. Eiserman said some stuff, too, that I really liked. Talking about how the Red Wings needed a goal-scoring winger, and he fills that need, and he believes that uh, Debrinket is like one of the best goal-scoring goal scores in the league right now. Uh, really wished Zadina farewell, and I do honestly believe he thinks that. Uh, who did, by the way? I don't think we said he signed a one-year deal with the Sharks. I don't think we had the Sharks, opportunity to yeah, say so. Yeah, we haven't so. talked about that since it happened. Um, but like anything else on the Eiserman side, like the Debrinket stuff was all just bog-standard really. stuff. No, not really. That, that was pretty much it. It was just cool to see more than anything. I don't think there was really any great quotes in it, but it was just cool to like see it. I don't know. Like it happened. Like it's official. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he said that Eiserman said that he expects the expects to bring it to play on the power play, which makes perfect sense given what his ability is. Um, and he wasn't surprised that to was available. So, and compared him to Hakan Lube and Nat, Matt's Naslin. So Hakan Lube. I, yeah. I mean, again, like it was really good to see, but it was all stuff that we feel like we've kind of covered and already knew in the past introductory past conference stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. So sorry if some of you guys feel like we didn't cover it enough, but I mean, you can go listen to the press conferences yourself. You don't need us to say what we think about what Iserman thinks. and what <laughs> thinks. So there's been tons of stuff covering that. We'd rather do something more fun in this episode. And that is do do no predict do do <laughs> number five podcast for hockey that is country by the way do do uh we're gonna predict the starting lines as they are right now uh, i had to do a little bit of finagling because this we're gonna use the cap friendly model because they have an awesome tool where you can set your lines uh they didn't have joe Valeno on there because he's still an rfa i sent him to a one year one mil or nine hundred fifty thousand dollar deal a little bit over his qualifying offer I just did that to get him on there, guys. Don't take that too seriously if you notice it. But I wanted to point it out because I knew somebody would notice it. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to do some line predicting. Let me get that background changed for this upcoming season because I tweeted it out earlier, and some people have critiqued me, and I think rightfully so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Scotty, pretty simple premise. The Red Wings are going to have 13 NHL-level forwards, 14 if you count Marco Casper, and the Wings are going to have – Seven defensemen, eight if you count Edvinson whenever he gets healthy. And we're going to try our best to try and predict starting lineups for the Detroit Red Wings. And, uh, Scotty, I'm going to defer to you first here, man. Top line forward. Where are you going with him here? Let's try to work this out. So, like, the the really the conversation just comes down to right wing, right? Like, obviously, Larkin and Dabrinkit are now going to be 1C and left wing. Yes, and... The problem is Debrink. I, I said it on the podcast the other day, and I even have it on my my tweet that I would put Perron on the top wing, but both Perron and Debrinket, though being right hand shots, tend to play on the off wing on the left. Yeah. So one of them would have to move to the right. And I don't know if, I mean, guys who have always been so much better on the left hand side, why would I move either of those guys to the right? It, it's a tough asking, trying to find your right wing is tough in this situation. Where's Raymond on he's here? He's all the way oh, down okay. here. I don't know why he's all the way down there. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the, the, the RFA thing is weird. Um, So I think, man, like I, I just default to Raymond then playing on the right side. It's a more natural fit. He's been playing with Larkin for, what, a year and a half now anyway, two years now anyway. Like I, I just kind of default 
to that. I also think we talked about it on yesterday, two days ago, I guess, show where uh, like that could really open up the ice for Raymond. You you could have a lot of offensive production if Raymond gets a little, got a little bigger in the offseason, takes a big step forward, and is now playing on a line with uh, a guy who's put up forty goals before. You know what I mean? Like that that really could open up the ice for him. Larkin can just go into pure playmaking mode, which is I think when he's at his best anyway. Um, I, I really like the optics of that. And I think that the wings also have enough winger depth at full health to not necessarily need quote unquote Raymond to go down a line for production at this point. Yeah. I mean, my, my problem with that is both Raymond and Debrinket are, they don't, play necessarily great defense. And so I would be afraid that that line would get decimated at five on five. And well, Debrinket is actually like he plays bigger than he is. We covered that. I would need somebody who can go in the corner and really like dig that puck out, you know? And like, that's why I would want like a Perron or a Rasmussen on the top line. And I don't know. I It's tough. because well, I'm just saying. I'm not I'm not necessarily saying Rasmussen. <laughs> I know, but I, know. I don't know if I like the idea of Debrinka and Ras- Raymond on the on the same line together. I, and also, like, share the wealth. Put guy like Raymond down on the second line, and that takes the pressure off him as well. I don't know, man. I said I'd defer to you. So whatever you yeah, think is best. I mean, here. I I agree. I I don't think it's a slam dunk. I don't think there is like an obvious answer on on you know July 11th or 12th. I really don't. I, I think that that's going to be one of the kind of I don't know carousels of this whole thing but like you you have I don't know like there's nothing that even says that you don't get really crazy and put like Andrew Kopp on the right wing like that that's not like a completely albatross thing to throw out there and you have center that like Rasmussen if you need can play center lower down if you were to do that I mean you you have players that in theory could play like fourth line center and you wouldn't lose sleep over it you know what I mean like it's it, it's a it's a weird situation. I I think I kind of default to Perron as it stands right now, but I I still think that they're going to give a nice long look to to Raymond early on, like when camp opens. So you think that? So who are you? Who I'm are you okay go with, with Perron. I'm okay. I I think that that's probably if you I, like safest. Like if you were to ask me right now in July, like who's going to play? the most games at first line right wing this season, I would probably default to Perron. So we'll make Perron uh, our off wing in this situation, just for a guy who's really good at puck possession and can protect the puck and dig the puck out of the, uh, out of the corners, but we'll see. It's a tough situation with the Red Wings having, Yeah, <laughs> they, they have a lot of right handers, but they all want to play on the left side. So <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to, continue this conversation probably speed it up a little bit that was one line but it'd get easier as we get more into the depth of things but first i gotta talk to you guys today about bird dogs talk to you guys a lot lately about bird dogs about how much i love them and i'm gonna give you the same spiel again because i mean they're peak they're when it comes to shorts they are like the best kind of shorts i'm wearing mine again right now are you really funny dude stand up and show us your butt i mean like no but I'm trying to see if there's like a, is the bird dog like logo? pull your shorts up and show us the lining. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> they're really comfortable guys. You they're can wear awesome. them in any situation, like a, like a logo, but I you guess can wear not. them out on dates. You can wear them out on walks. You can wear them to the gym. I've done that. And you can wear them in the water. I've also done that. And the built in liner makes them super comfortable and super cool, especially. So you guys cannot go wrong. Uh, go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL or enter 
promo code lockdown NHL for a free Yeti tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown or promo code lockdown for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Segment two, lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're trying to predict the starting lines for the upcoming season. And we're going to move on to forward line number two. We, we ended up kind of sticking with the default here on cap friendly on line one to Larkin forcing Piranha to play off wing. I'm still not sold on that, but it's so tough to predict who's going to play uh right wing line one, unless you expect like a huge jump in like you, maybe like, I don't know, like Robbie Fabry plays right wing sometimes. Doesn't he? No, he plays left wing and center. Left, I don't yeah. That's tough. Um, because I like the idea of putting cop on that right wing, but also cop is like your two C like you signed him to be your two C. And I, I'm not sold on JT Comfer as your two C. Some people are, I think you said you'd like JT Comfer. Yeah, I'm fine with it, but I'd rather have Comfer play three C and just have that added depth. Cause I'm not sold on Valeno as center. And then that opens up a door for Casper well, yeah. to start getting I don't NHL. Think anyone NHL really is. Um, yeah, this is tough, man. Uh, I like, so this is where I would definitely put Lucas Raymond on line two with Andrew Kopp. I think Andrew Kopp being a two, another two-way center would do well with R- Lucas Raymond, helping take some of the pressure off, but also they could feed on one another. You're, the left wing is where I think it gets tough. I mean, are you going to make a case for JT Comfort at 2C? I mean, is that who you you think is going to be the guy? Um, I, I, I'm not like, like, hard pressed you know like it's definitely going to be comfort if i was doing these alone i would default to comfort at 2c but i also have zero issue with the concept of andrew cobb as the second line center and and like if i mean i i was the big andrew cobb defender in the last three months of of the regular season you know what i mean like i I, i'm totally i'm totally down with that i have no issue at all yeah i mean jt comfort is going to probably play power play although he is he's really good Mm. doesn't matter. We're not doing power play right now. We're, we're, we're just doing five on five lineup. I mean, if it's okay with you, I'm going to keep cop as two C. Yeah, totally fine with it. But then your left wing, who does that become? Why would it not be Robbie Fabry? I'm, I have doubts about his health, but is that fair? Is that like criticism? No, I think it's a very fair criticism, but are we doing like, opening night lines or yeah. are we doing opening night lines okay so on think... opening night i'm fairly confident robbie fabry is gonna be and le- is he hurt right now he was Am hurt at the end of the season but they said he'd be healthy come start of the season yeah play. yeah right, right. so uh, i mean what... I, I don't know I, I haven't heard or seen anything that would lead me to believe that robbie fabry isn't going to be healthy by camp nonetheless by by opening night yeah, um, I think that's a, I think that's fine. So we go Fabry, Cop, Raymond as your second line. Yeah, and then so Comfort becomes your three C. Now here's mm-hmm. because if you have Casper play, I don't want him getting fourth line minutes. So is Casper making the opening night lineup? Is he going to be healthy? Let's so, check on that. I want to make sure he's going to be healthy for opening night. I don't even care if he's healthy. I'm going to go with no. Okay. Okay. I think you sign I think you brought in way too many people this offseason to guarantee, I guess I'll say, Casper a spot. Obviously, if he balls out, he balls out. Play play trumps everything, right? Performance yeah. trumps all. So like if he goes into camp in preseason and he looks like one of the, the nine or twelve best forwards on this team, then he's gonna be in the lineup. But like on in July, no, I, I think you you improved your depth so substantially that you do not have to 
or I guess need to pencil Marco Casper into the forward group uh, currently. So we'll stick with JT Comfort at center. I, I think mean, yeah, Daniel. Lock. I think Daniel Sprong at right wing makes a lot of sense. Right-handed winger, agree, twenty yeah. goals. You think he can? I think left third scoring. is where it starts getting interesting on that side. I'll be honest. Michael Rasmussen. Yeah, see, that's I'm fine with it. He was so good last year. He had such a breakout year, man. He was pouring all of a sudden outside. Yeah, dude. I was gonna ask if you can hear the thunder. It's thundering like crazy. Oh, I don't have any right thunder. It's just the mind. rain right now. It's... Yeah. See, I have the thunder. I it might be coming through my mic at some point. It's <laughs> very loud. <laughs> but yeah, so third line Comfort, Daniel Sprong, and Michael Rasmussen. Yeah, I'm totally chill with that. And then you so your fourth line. Here's where you're gonna get your extra because uh, you have Klim Costin, Joe Valeno, Christian Fisher, and Jonathan right. Berggren left here. I mean, Berggren's got to get ice time. I mean, he's yeah, Berggren over line for Fisher. Sure. I, I think Fisher was Berggren's signed already, right? to be a. I think Fisher was signed to be a. a no, he's a lefty. Does Berggren play off wing? I can't remember. Oh, I'm such a bad Red Wings fan. I'm pr- well, I mean, he got reps at both. I thought he was. Um, I thought he was right more often than left. Because he can play either. I'm not but sure. He certainly got reps at both throughout the season just because of all the, you know, mixing and Christian and Fisher's a righty. Uh, Clem Costin's so Fisher, a righty. I, I think Fisher was brought in to be the 13th forward. I, I, I think, think that that was at $1 I million? Think, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's an external addition. It's He's not an RFA. Like, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. He's a PK specialist. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did get more ice time than that. But I mean, let's look here. I mean, he played 80 games this last year, but this is I the mean, first year he played. Unless you're putting him at center, the 1.1 mil is not like this like is Berg- Bergeron's an RFA and Kim's making two mils. So like the like he's you know what I mean? Like he's yeah 1.1 unless again unless he's playing center, that doesn't really matter. I mean, and some people I have had friends tell me that Christian Fisher is center, and I am not completely after the last two seasons with Joe Valeno, I'm not 100 sold on him as a viable center. Yeah, I, mean, I, I made term. it very clear that I needed to see a big step forward from Valeno this year. I'm, I'm with that. I'm okay with making Valeno the 13th skater on opening night, to be honest. I, I have no issue with that even. So, uh, this is tough, man. This is real tough. It is tough because it, like, and to be honest, like I haven't seen enough of Clem cost or Christian Fisher to make a determination one way or another with any type of certainty. But, I mean, I'm okay with this fourth line. Um, I'd have to see what other people are thinking uh, and obviously what, we, what happens on opening night. But, I mean, as it stands right now, like how do you feel about these four lines, man? I I, I mean, I like them. I, I think the biggest thing for me is that the, <laughs> we're, we're trying to predict opening lines in, you know, the first half of July. So like, mm-hmm. that's already like, we're a little bit crazy, but it's also important to note that I think there is so much versatility with these and like, obviously injuries will happen, but like, there's so much versatility. I think with these, this group, like that we have this year, like that you're going to see a lot of mixing and matching. I, I, I know it's fun to predict lines. That's literally what we're doing. Like that, that's going to be, you know, opening night lines are important. Cause that's like the presumed, you know, at full health, what are you rolling out there kind of thing. But like, I mean, genuinely, I, I think that we're going to see uh, a billion different line combinations throughout the season. I, I think 
they're probably going to be some sort of a revolving door at right wing top line. I think that they're going to try and see who fits best and throw a few different names out there. Uh, it wouldn't be surprising to me if cop did get look at wing at some point. Yeah. Um, it, it, it wouldn't shock me if, uh, I mean like Fisher, it wouldn't shock me if Christian Fisher ended up playing 70 games like at all. You know what I mean? Like it, it, there's there, Rasmussen's probably going to get a look at, at four C at some point. I can almost guarantee you that, you know, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just, it's one of those things where I, I, I think, uh, we, we can try and pin them down all we want because that's, you know, like partially our job and it's a fun thing to do, but, and I'll be honest, I, I wouldn't think, be surprised if this happens at some point too. Yeah. Sure. Bergen gets dropped into the top six. Cause he showed flashes of it last year. Yeah. And, and you know, performance, like I said, performance trumps all man. If, if the first, you know, between camp preseason and the first month of the regular season, if somebody's balling out, then like, they're going to make that change. We saw it you know, last year with, uh, with the blue line, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a second if you want to, but like, uh, that's, we, we saw it, uh, like firsthand with Wallman, like Wallman went from, uh, a bottom four defender third pair at one point to, you know, from January till the end of the season was top pair and everybody unanimous, unanimously agreed he should be. Yeah. So, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll do the defense and the goalies real quick. Uh, so stay tuned to Locked On Red Wings. Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. All right, Scotty, let's do the defense. Guys, we know that there's a lot of versatility and variation that could happen in those offensive lines. We'd love to hear what you guys think. Also, please don't murder us if you disagree with us, uh, because let's be honest, we don't know what the hell we're talking about either. Well, we're trying true. to make Again, like, guesses. There's, there's just like no point in like getting like red in the face mad about it, because like whatever, if you're like, oh, like so-and-so is going to play, you know, first line right wing, it's this guy. You're probably right. At some point, he probably will. Like, I, it, it's just it, we're not going to outside of Dabrinkit and Larkin. I don't think anyone on this team is going to play like you know, 70 plus games at the same position, the at the same spot in the lineup the entire season. Yeah. So let's move on to defense here. I don't know what kind of default. Yeah, I don't this know is. what the heck's going uh, on here. This is really easy for pair one. I don't think there has to be much of a discussion. Yeah, Sider no. and Wallman, they had such good chemistry last year. At one point, they led the league and expected goals against yeah. six minutes. So keep that, keep the good times rolling, in my opinion. Um, Here's the next question. The real start to the conversation. Justin Hall and Ben Sherratt. You don't want those guys together. No. So what do you do here? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been pretty vocal about where I stand on second pair. I think uh, for me, this is ghost is my right side too. And Mata is my left side too. Really? Okay. And then... That is my third pair. So you would keep Hall and Sherratt together just on a third pair with less less minutes. I think so. I mean, I don't really know what else to, how else to yeah because like you navigate some, your way around that. You need somebody who is gonna play really well defensively. Oh, you know what? No, do uh, no. Ghost can play both. Put Ghost at left to hall at right to Sherrod at right three 
I, I you know I can get behind that a little At, bit more. I think that's the one that I was tweeting out late last week. Actually, yeah. I mean, the only thing, the only, the only catch on that one is Ghost of Spare has had fifty percent deployment on right, and I know Sharat has had a lot less. So Ghost of Spare is more accustomed, sure. acclimated to playing on the right side. But I'm not. I don't hate that uh, for you know for them. I don't, I don't hate that because I don't yeah. want Hall and Sherratt to necessarily play together because they kind of fill the same role, and Olimata would hopefully be able to cover some of Ben Sherratt's hiccups on the bottom. Uh, it just becomes, man, because I do like the idea of Ghost of Spare and Mata together too. So, But if you put those two together... I do too, and again, you know, I, I think same conversation with the blue line, man. I, I, I think Ghost is absolutely going to play both sides like at some point. like We get a pretty decent look at both sides this season. Um, and yeah, Mata, I, I don't think Mata is going to stay in the second or the third pair. Like we have it here for the entire season either. I think there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching in the bottom four defensively a lot. And then the, the only locks are really for me, the top pair and then seventh D man. Yeah. And then obviously Gustav Lindstrom stays locked there at seven, yeah. seventh D. I didn't think he'd be coming back. Uh, and then goaltending pretty simple. Yeah. Who so James Reimer. Pretty easy. Yeah, pretty easy. Huso is going to be one. Reimer is going to be the backup. Yeah, and oh, and before we get you guys commenting, uh, no Simon Edmondson on here because he's going to start the season injured. Uh, he's not going to be back till November. We're looking at opening night lineup for the Detroit Red Wings. So I mean, that is our lineup. Well, and like I mean, I guess we can have you know a similar. We can just kind of clump in the Edmondson conversation and the Casper conversation. Like I. I don't think either of them are there on opening night. You just mentioned Edvinson, but like, I don't think Casper's there on opening night either. Um, when and if they are inserted this year, then, you know, what happens then? Somebody, uh, that's, man, that, that's going to be, I can't even predict it, man. I can't even predict it because that's just, I mean, Comfer can play right wing. I don't. I like the idea of Comfer moving over to wing. You have Casper slide in at three C because I don't want him playing four C minutes. Um, and Comfer playing right wing also kind of solves your issue at right wing. Are Are you married to the idea of like Casper will play center when he's called up? I think so. That you drafted him to be your two C. I think he I agree has to with play you. Center. I agree with you. I was just. I know that some people have floated off like, oh, maybe when he first gets called up, you try him at wing, and then you can move him to center later down the road, kind of a thing. But so, I, I, I think the reason they got all this forward depth is because they are not going to call him up until they are confident he is center ready at the NHL level. I mean, for fun. I mean, we've we've did our we did our lineup there. Let's let's drop Casper into the lineup and let's drop Edvinson into the lineup because we would think that at some point they would make. I mean, I would think at some point they would have they would pop up into the into the lineup, right? Yeah, so yeah. then you try to reorganize the the roster. So I would then move. I would probably move Comfer to right wing, top line, with Larkin. Yeah, and I think I think they put here no 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 see i i think if if either comfort or cop are going to play right wing first line it's going to be copper okay we'll do cop um and then that lets perron go back to his off wing right raymond's going to be right two right two casper's going to be three c fabry's still going to be left three so yeah i guess sprong becomes right i mean uh, yeah sprong uh, 
That gets tricky, right. man. And like yeah. depth is a good problem. And and like Casper's, I don't think going to be on the opening night lineup. So like this isn't a bad thing. But I mean, I do like that. That looks good. I still, I mean, I hate seeing Bergen on the fourth line, but I just gen- genuinely right now he showed so many flashes of being like he could play top line. Well, he, I mean, he know, could hit him and yeah, the performance base between him and Sprong. I don't think that's like a big deal. If like I know, could see Bergeron and Rasmussen both leapfrogging into the third line, and I really, I mean. <sighs> I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. For well, even how about how about this? How about uh I know he's going to like you don't want to see him get fourth line minutes, but I, I think there's even a possibility that Rasmussen's the 4C at some point. Yeah, some people Fabry's I mean, I, three wing. I got sold on him at wing this last season. Valeno's riding 13 while Klim is yeah, 4 or Fisher for that matter, either yeah. one. But I think that that's a real possibility at some point too. And then defensively, um, I mean, I think you're in a position now where you don't have to, oh, you don't have to overexpose Edvinson. So I think no, he, he pretty easily just slides into the third, the third pair there, which kind of sucks for Olimata's sake. But yeah, and I honestly, I'm. This is going to be a hot take, but I like the idea of him playing with Ben Chirot to start um, just because Ben Chirot is like the guy who's going to, I mean, not that Evanson needs protecting. We well, they, proved they that last actually year. were pretty decent at times together last season. They played together, but Ben Chirot's going to, his job is going to be to look out for Simon Evanson, like physically and protect him. Not that again, not that Evanson needs it. He proved that, but I like that having that mentor ro- uh, role. And I, I think Mata sliding out of the lineup is fine. Um, or like, mm, stuff but that is we're, we're, we're just talking hypotheticals uh these guys aren't going to be in the lineup. yeah this is also night, like probably. a mid-season thing where i'm sure someone is hurt like you know what i mean like yeah. this, we're not so going to be somebody's not going to be in the conversation regardless yeah we're, we're not going to be fully healthy in you know december january february when these dudes get the call so so before we sign off just for people's sanities Let's um, go over our lineup one last time so people know what we chose for the listeners out there who aren't watching on YouTube and can't physically see it. Uh, line one, we chose Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Larkin, David Prawn playing on, well, technically his correct wing, uh, but he normally plays off wing. He's playing the right wing. Then you have line two centered by Andrew Kopp with Fabry on left wing, Lucas Raymond on right wing. Third line, JT Confer center, Rasmussen left wing, Jonathan Bergren right wing. Or I'm sorry, I got to fix that. D- Daniel Sprong right yeah, wing. You uh, your fourth line is Joe Valeno at center, Klim Kostin on left wing, Jonathan Bergren on right wing with Christian Fisher as your 13th forward. And then on defense, you have Wallman and Sider as D pair one. Ghost to spare on the left, Hall on the right for pair two. Oli Mata on the left, Ben Sherrod on the right for pair three. Lundstrom being your extra, Huso being your... 1A and Reimer being your 1B in net. So, yeah, that's basically how we're going to break it down here, guys. Again, let us know what you think. Let us know what your lines are, why or why not. You think we're stupid or smart. Um, <laughs> and, again, it's really tough to predict these lines. There's so much matchmaking that could go on. So many players you could play on either wing, who could play center. Uh, same with the defensive pairs. It's going to be really interesting to see. Absolutely. So we're going to have a new episode for you guys tomorrow, probably getting back to our free agent breakdowns, maybe cover the goalies, maybe Daniel Sprong. We'll see. 
we'll see when yeah, we get yeah, there. Yeah, we've so, got plenty, honestly, yeah. of new free agents to do deep dives on. Yeah, so. absolutely. So we'll be back on Thursday with a new episode. Stay tuned. Uh, we Any final thoughts, Scotty? We ball. Same time, same place. Your team, every day. Every day. Every day.